Hello, ladies. When my tear ducts give issue, I can't use just any tissue. I need four ply, four ply, four ply when I cry. Huh. Hey, that is not boys who cry. Yeah. Ahoy, mateys, and welcome aboard to the only podcast that's going to take a shot in the dark and wish you a happy birthday. I'm ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. I'm your host, Captain Eric, and it's a pleasure to welcome you aboard as we celebrate the birthday of the one, the only, Pearl Krabs. Hey, Pearl's my daughter. I'll spit in your eye. Go home, Pearl's a whale, and it's her birthday. Thanks for the show, Dad. Five days after the release of this episode, on January 31st, 2023, SpongeBob SquarePants' The Cosmic Shake releases to what I believe is a worldwide release. So no matter where you are in the world, you should have access to purchase SpongeBob's brand new adventure from the developers of SpongeBob SquarePants' Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated Purple Lamp Studios. This is taking all of what they learned from rehydrating Battle for Bikini Bottom and just painting an entirely new picture using the same paintbrush. I think it's a wonderful idea, and I'm excited to see what Purple Lamp is able to do with the IP without any sort of restraints. Hey, they're out in an open field as far as they're concerned creatively. As long as it feels, you know, somewhat familiar and... We can build off of that. I'm just excited for it. Expect an unboxing of the BFF edition of the Cosmic Shake to come out on the channel on the 31st. But also, expect a live stream to pop up at some point on that day. Because I'm just going to sit back, relax, chill with whoever wants to watch the Cosmic Shake in action. And just play it for the first time with you guys so on January 31st, 2023, if you happen to find yourself on YouTube, expect a live stream from the Captain Eric YouTube channel. Nothing that's going to be a consistent thing as of now, but it's going to be almost a dry run of a live stream to see how everything goes and to just sit back and relax and to play the game. I'm excited for that. So unboxing video coming out on Tuesday. At the same time, a live stream popping up at some point. I'm going to be a little bit on the earlier end on the East Coast, so maybe 9 or 10 a.m. around that point. That's when I can usually get into gaming mode. I'm not really someone who can pop into it at any point in time. I have to just get into this certain mode of relaxation. I'm able to sit back and play a game, and you guys can uh, join me. When I was looking into some of the new features of the Cosmic Shake which differentiates itself from Rehydrated. One is that I found that it added new voice options for the languages of Portuguese, Hindi, and Indonesian alongside, of course, English, French, German, Spanish, Polish, and Japanese. That's, that's an exciting feature. 
Alongside that, we'll have text subtitles for Italian, Portuguese, Russian, Thai, Simplified Chinese, and Traditional Chinese. Those are a lot of options, and as you can see between games, they have expanded the options, and that is exciting for me, even though I do not necessarily speak or understand many of those other languages. The idea that more people will be able to enjoy a SpongeBob SquarePants game to its fullest, to their fullest, if they were unable to enjoy a previous game for maybe a voice acting or a language barrier that was missing there. But now that this is expanding to a wider audience in that regard, that excites me. So I hope you get to pick up your copy, and I hope you enjoy it. From everything I've seen so far for the game, it seems like it's going to be a fun time. There has been a steady stream of SpongeBob titles for quite a while, but the quality kind of dips and dips and dips, and everything compares back to the older titles. So the fact that this new team has the experience of rebuilding that old title, and now they get to make just a fresh game in that, you know, perspective, in that experience, that's exciting. So wherever you are, I hope you enjoy the Cosmic Shake when it finally launches January 31st, 2023. Oh, yeah. When it comes to birthdays on SpongeBob SquarePants, there's no short of experiences across the board that you can point to that have happened within episodes or entire episodes about a character's birthday. We've we've seen plenty of them up to this point. Even when this episode came out, there have been a few birthdays that have popped up within a few episodes, but never at the center of an episode. This, as far as I know, as far as I can tell, is the first episode we've reached where a character's birthday is at the forefront. And no character in the SpongeBob canon at this point could I think of that is of deserving of a good birthday more than that of Pearl Krabs. Today's episode is Whale of a Birthday. The first half of the 71st episode of SpongeBob SquarePants first premiered on May 12, 2006. Our storyboard directors are Luke Brookshire and Tom King, who wrote this episode alongside Paul Tibbet. Our animation director is Tom Yasumi, our technical director is Vincent Waller, and our supervising producer, as always, is Paul Tibbet. Oh, yeah. You know, when you think of these past birthday experiences, Plankton claiming that the day he first spoke to SpongeBob was his birthday, SpongeBob and Patrick waking Squidward up, celebrating his birthday, even though it wasn't. Of course, that birthday that SpongeBob crashed through during pre-hibernation, one of my favorite little one-off gags in SpongeBob SquarePants history, but we've never had an entire birthday take up an episode of SpongeBob SquarePants. Pearl Krabs is a wonderful character who seems to always have a joyous demeanor about her, even though she lives with possibly the most cheap person you can imagine. Mr. Krabs is deplorable at times with how cheap he is. There is being reasonably cheap 
reasonably frugal with your money. It's okay to to hold back sometimes. It's okay to stretch things out. There are those out there, though, that take things to the extreme with how much they can be frugal and how cheap they can be. There's a, a TV show. I don't know if it's on the TLC network. I imagine it would have to be if I could throw that shot in the dark since they're the channel that always has those reality shows where it's like, I have never thought of this being a show ever, and here it is on the TLC network. But it was a show about the cheapest people in the world. And I remember a guy who would save every bit of bath water. He would take the the most frugal shower you can imagine of just turning on the water when he can and then collecting all of the water in the bucket to then use to flush his toilet because he wouldn't want to flush the toilet on its own because that would cause more water. It was nuts. I I was like, I, I can't take enough of this. I, I need to move on or else I'll just lose my mind. But this is Mr. Krabs, but turned to 11. It's not just Mr. Krabs saving up his, his bath water or anything like that. It's Mr. Krabs at every corner being cheap to everybody other than himself. Even though I think to himself he's he's cheap. You know, think of his uh, bed situation earlier in the season. He had a, a bum mattress because he was storing all of his money in the mattress. You'd think a guy with that much wealth would just buy a comfier bed. But no, so even to himself... He's completely cheap. There's just something about Mr. Krabs' deep psyche that won't allow him to spend money, even at the expense of disappointing his daughter, which he has for 15 birthdays up to this point in time. And I'm not sure if you remember or not, but we have experienced a Pearl Krabs birthday before. All the way back in Season 1, Squeaky Boots. That's right. The beginning of that episode is of Pearl's birthday. We don't get a number of a, of an age in that episode. I can only imagine it's her 15th birthday since Whale of a Birthday takes place during her 16th birthday. And even though there has been a few years in our world in between those episodes, there hasn't been that much time in between help wanted and whale of a birthday. I mean, at times it feels like it's been years when we hear about the amount of times SpongeBob has won employee of the month, but Hey, the SpongeBob SquarePants movie apparently takes place at the end of the timeline, according to the series creator. So who knows really? It could have been her 14th birthday. Either way, during squeaky boots, Mr. Krabs opens up the birthday party as far as we know, as, as far as the episode is concerned, with a song and dance, which I've already played during this episode, so you can go back and re-listen to that if you weren't paying attention. And after that, gives Pearl one gift, a $2 pair of Fisherman's Boots, the squeaky boots of the aforementioned episode. It's an absolutely terrible gift on top of the fact that Mr. Krabs ends up buying the shoes or the slippers that Pearl ended up wanting in the first place, but then they go on a, a vacation, they go on a trip. So he's 
spending more money than he would have if he just bought the slippers in the first place. That's the overall message I would say of that episode is sometimes it's better to just take the path you don't want to take when you get to the fork in the road the first time rather than ending up back at that same situation again and begrudgingly taking that other path after going through whatever you had to go through like Mr. Krabs. So through squeaky boots, we have seen Mr. Krabs is a terrible birthday thrower, birthday gift giver. Pearl is, uh, of course, expecting something different, though, since this is her 16th birthday. There are milestone birthdays for different times of one's life for different cultures. Just to give you an outlook as to how I see things as far as those milestones are concerned, when someone hits 10, I think it's a big deal more than when someone hits 13. I know in the United States, and I'm not sure elsewhere, but 13 is perceived as this monumental year. You're a teenager now. You're more of a teenager at 16 than you are at 13. And to me, when you reach 10 years old, a full decade on this planet, and you're out of single digits as an age, that's a a monumental thing to celebrate. So for me, 10 years old is a big deal. Sure, there's 13. There's, there's 16. That's when someone is able to start learning to drive. And then when you reach the age of 18, you're considered an adult. Although you are still not 100% allowed to do everything an adult can do out there. Of course, until you are 21 in the United States, you cannot purchase or consume alcohol of any sort. And that, of course, changes depending on wherever you are out there in the world. It's a common misconception that you'd have to be at least 25 to rent a car in the United States, when in fact, that in most states, you can be at least of the age of 20. And in Michigan, New York, and in the province of Quebec, the minimum age to rent a vehicle is 18. And in Alabama and Nebraska, the minimum age to rent a vehicle is 19. So you can see that even within the United States themselves, the act of renting a car can differ depending on where you are. Your age can come into play. So the the 16 moniker, though, in the United States is a big deal for a lot of teenagers. It's, it's that solidification that you are given a bit more responsibility. At that point, most teenagers will start looking for jobs at 16. There are a lot of, of businesses out there that will have under 18 employment with certain rules and restrictions they have to follow. But when you go on and deliver papers for two or three years and the task starts becoming a bit more daunting, it's exciting to start getting into bigger jobs, like real jobs where you are actually receiving a weekly paycheck, even a bi-weekly paycheck, but it's something consistent. You have a boss that you're seeing on the regular. You have a bit more responsibilities. It's an exciting time. And then, of course, the big deal when you get to 16, the ability of learning how to drive. That responsibility is enormous, and and it's exciting. It's an exciting time when you're allowed to finally get behind that wheel 
and you at least try to do the exact opposite of SpongeBob SquarePants. You try to actually successfully learn how to drive your car, your vehicle, and then hopefully pass your driver's test. So for Pearl, of course, of course turning 16 is a big deal. And for a girl, for especially the time that this episode came out, there was this overemphasis on the super sweet 16 party. For those that don't know, there was an era of MTV where there were the worst reality shows possible, always just on this one channel that at one point was the mecca for music and the off-brand, off-the-beaten-path animation like Beavis and Butthead. There was a point in time where MTV was the place to be for a generation. And at this point in time, what it was diving into was nonsense. But it was nonsense that people wanted to see. It's like when there's a car accident and people slow down to see the wreckage. And you're thinking to yourself, why do you want to see that? What's going on? And then when you get up to it, you slow down. Because there's just this curiosity that people have. So there was this TV show called My Super Sweet 16, which was a reality show that featured the inception of a birthday party for some rich teenager out there in the country, someone that was usually unnamed, I, I would imagine. Maybe they featured a, a celebrity or a known celebrity's child on an episode. I'm not sure, but the concept was to showcase these extravagant birthday parties with these incredible gifts. And the whole point of the show, the whole idea to get people to continually watch was for these young girls, these spoiled girls, to flip out at every single little problem at their birthday party. Oh my goodness, the Ferrari is not pink. It's red. Oh my God, the most expensive ice sculpture of me is missing the crown I asked for. Oh my goodness, and I'm using less colorful language than they would use, and you would watch the parents of these kids just freak out and try to, you know, fix things and throw more money at them, and it's the whole concept of the show. It legitimately was a car accident of a birthday that, you just found yourself watching. Not me, personally, but enough people to continually make the show and, and get more people out there to talk about it. There was, you know, a good hot four or five years where my Super Sweet 16 was one of those water cooler talking bits that would happen. Every, every generation has some sort of show that has no reason being on television and just ends up being a talking point as to why it's there, but because more people continually talk about it, there's more exposure to the show. Every generation has it. I'm not really sure what 2023's equivalent of, you know, My Super Sweet 16, Honey Boo Boo, Jersey Shore. I don't know what that is right now. I'm kind of off of the television landscape, and I think most people are on the, the streaming landscape of things where even when something hits big, it just disappears in a week or two when the next big thing hits. 
So I'm not sure what that, that next reality show that's going to wow audiences, but I am sure that my super sweet 16 had something, even as a jumping off point, had something to do with the creation of Whale of a Birthday. The episode opens up with Pearl in a dream of what she imagines her dream birthday being, her dream 16th birthday, which is simply being in a room with all of her peers, the band Boys Who Cry singing her a personalized version of, I'm guessing, one of their songs, and all of the attention just being on her for one moment. Even though, ironically, Pearl is one of the biggest characters in the SpongeBob canon, uh, as far as, you know, the, the main cast of characters, Pearl almost has to go out of her way to be more seen than she already is. She's into cheerleading, which is already uh, a sport or a piece of entertainment, an activity, whatever you want to call it. Cheerleading is still something that is about energy. It's about getting your eyes on on the people performing, the, the stunts, the, act, the dances, the activities, Whatever is going on on the field, cheerleading's about, hey, look at me, look at us. So the fact that Pearl is into that and is already a whale, I think there was something about that in the reasoning as far as the creation of her character, already having such a massive character on screen and then her personality just being so in your face. But she has to. Look at the environment she she grows up in. It seems like to even get the bare minimum of her father, she has to beg for it. I really feel bad for Pearl. I mean, think about it. Even in this episode, Mr. Krabs completely forgets that the following day that they're on is his daughter's birthday, you know? Of all the days to forget. And I know that Mr. Krabs has a heart, he does. Under that shell, there is a heart somewhere deep down under all that greed. But unfortunately, the majority of those times that we see that heart expose itself is usually to other characters other than his daughter. He's great to his daughter, but it takes a little while to get there. We do have episodes where he gives his daughter keys to the kingdom and lets her make all of her choices of design, renaming the place, changing the menu, but that was all in the idea that this would bring in more money. Maybe deep down he felt some pride of his daughter taking over a restaurant and making it her own, but it was all for him. And when it wasn't working out for his wallet, he wasn't into it anymore. He wanted to fire his daughter. So even when he is incredibly nice to her, he still has to pull that back due to his inability of communication, you know? I'm sure if there was a better line of communication between Mr. Krabs and Pearl, maybe they would be able to work out their differences a bit more without the mother there being that connection between the two, being able to be that talking head between the two, but she's not there. And unfortunately, Mr. Krabs seems to be in a, in a world of his own, not even remembering his daughter's birthday. Even after she explicitly hints at it, after crashing through 
the the second floor down to the kitchen. You would think if somebody is hinting at a special day, there would be only a few options you could find in your head to connect them to, you know? Duh. And Pearl has every right to be upset about this. She has to remind her father that it's her birthday. Not only that, it's her 16th birthday, so it's an extra special one. And she puts her father in the corner, essentially, and demands that he rectifies this whole birthday situation. It's always cheap. It's always terrible. I need this birthday of all birthdays to be the big one. It's my reputation that's on the line with my peers. So Mr. Krabs completely agrees to it in in some way or another. He agrees to it and goes about designing the party that's going to happen, of course, at the Krusty Krab, because then he doesn't have to pay anybody to hold this birthday party. Why would I hold this party at any other location when I have a location myself? So there's already Mr. Krabs being cheap at the get-go. We get a look at Bikini Bottom High School, where I guess Coral is now back as a cool word. We were told once that Coral was no longer cool. I imagine that was only because Mr. Krabs started using it in that instance, and it just was a cool word all along. But we get to find out a little bit more from Pearl's classmates about previous birthday excursions with Mr. Krabs, including paper clips at one point as a party favor, uh, sharing one balloon. There was one single balloon at this one birthday party where Mr. Krabs also took a, a horse that is usually meant in a workshop they, uh, this wood wood horse that they call it, and when you have two of them, you can place a, a board on top, and it's usually for woodworking and, and for anything around, you know, hardware and building. You'll see any construction site out there having these wood horses out there, but Mr. Krabs decorated one of these wood horses as an actual horse, as sort of an activity at the birthday party. You know what? I got to give him credit for the carrot top Gallagher level of play on words of building that horse, but certainly not for young kids. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't have that for, for a young kid's birthday party, but Mr. Krabs has certainly put an impression of how he throws on these birthday parties and how cheap he is to all these kids. They fully expect that Pearl's 16th birthday party is going to be anything less than the cheapest birthday party imaginable. They're still going to show up, apparently, but they're fully expecting to just laugh in Pearl's face. I feel like that right there shows you when you get to an older age how more cynical kids can be, you know? I feel like when you're super young, you don't have to be placed in the best of circumstances for a get-together for a party to have fun. It can be at a park, it can be at a Chuck E. Cheese, it can be at a restaurant, it can be at someone's house, it can be at a roller rink, a, a dining hall, wherever, and kids will find a way to have a fun time. They'll make do with what they have. When you start getting older, that's when expectations start getting out of whack of what you expect to happen at your, your get-togethers, at your parties, and that's when you can come across people like this where they will be open about 
what they expect or even in the worst circumstances, if you don't meet those expectations, you may lose them as a friend. That certainly happens around those ages, and Pearl is is succumbing to all this pressure of putting on a wonderful party, not only for her peers, but for herself, too. She deserves one. Look at some of the presents that she has received from her father. I know that in the end, he gives in, but the fact that she has to go through that rigmarole each and every time, it's insane. He even has the new party favors ready for her 16th birthday, bubble wrap, which I have to say, not bad. Not bad for a cheap party favor. I wouldn't mind some bubble wrap to play with. Obviously, depending on the birthday party I was going to, bubble wrap may seem like an off gift. You know, if I was at Banksy's birthday party, and I was handed bubble wrap as a as a gift, as a party favor, coolest thing in the world. If I was at Mark Cuban's birthday party, and I was handed bubble wrap as a favor, I would be gracious. Thank you for the bubble wrap. Hey, buddy, do you mind signing? Oh, no, he's gone. And, uh, yeah, at that point, I would be a little shocked at the, at the lack of gifts when I look around the room and everyone else has keys to Lexuses under their seats or... Subarus or Hummers, and I'm left with bubble wrap, and I go, oh, wait a minute, I wasn't even invited to this party, what am I doing here? Anyway, yeah, it's not really a good party favor for a girl's super sweet 16. At that point, I don't even think you really need party favors, although it is nice to send someone home with a token of your appreciation for taking the time to show up to your party. When Pearl really puts the fire under Mr. Krabs. The pants are on fire! The underwear's on fire! I'm on fire! He knows deep in his heart he does not have the ability, he does not have the drive to spend money on his daughter the way that she wants him to. So he enlists the help of SpongeBob and hands him his credit card, which is apparently the first time that SpongeBob SquarePants is holding a credit card and learning at least a little bit of what credit is. Now, Mr. Krabs doesn't outright tell SpongeBob what credit is, but he does let him know that with that piece of plastic, you can purchase anything you want, and that's as good as money. Which is not really wrong. It is true that you can buy almost anything you want with a credit card. And it is accepted as money. But remember, every purchase that you make, you're going to be giving back just a little bit more, which is a part of that process. That's why with a credit card, it's nice to splurge on a nice big item that you don't normally get to purchase outright. And the point is to then be able to pay back the amount you spent with a smaller amount usually in increments over the course of a few months or so. And if you're continually using your credit card, then, hey, that is now a regular bill that you are adding to your carousel of ongoing bills that you're going to get as an adult. That's why you have to be careful with credit cards. Sometimes they can get out of control with the extra fees and the extra percentages that get 
tacked on, eventually you're now paying almost double of what you have spent. And that can be frustrating at times. So make sure, unlike what SpongeBob was doing in this episode, if you ever find yourself with credit and a credit card, this is Captain Eric just telling you, be careful with that. It's okay to splurge, but know what your payments are ahead of time. Anticipate that. And I would say my one piece of real advice is that if you are going to buy something big, put that card away, pay off what you spent, be responsible, and keep that really for emergencies or those one-off big purchases that you can't do every single week. You have to really spare those out until you pay them off realistically. It's nice to be able to look at that $0 balance on a credit card and the available credit that you have. It's nice to see that rise as you build your credit score. So Mr. Krabs hands off his credit card to SpongeBob and tells him to buy the perfect gift for Pearl. Do some detective work, follow her to the mall. That's where she was heading off to and buy the perfect gift. Unfortunately for SpongeBob, everything that Pearl sees in the mall is the perfect gift. She's a teenager. Everything that she sees is the greatest thing ever. I've heard it myself, not only as a teenager, but in someone within retail, when you get someone who is of a young age, who's excited about everything that they see in your, in your store, everything is the greatest ever. Everything is amazing. They have to have everything they see. And when they see one thing that you think is the item of their dreams, all of a the sudden they're turning a corner and boom, they, they have found a new item that has taken the place of the greatest ever. And it certainly has happened, not unlike how Pearl is in the Bikini Bottom Mall, which I think is the first time we're seeing this location as well. So we're really building out Bikini Bottom in this season a ton. In this episode alone, we had Bikini Bottom High and the Bikini Bottom Mall. That's nice. Everything that Pearl encounters within that mall is the perfect gift for her birthday. So unfortunately for Mr. Krabs, SpongeBob feels the guilty need to continually buy what is the perfect gift. He doesn't have the patience to just wait this entire experience out and make a decision at the end. He's just purchasing every single item that Pearl has had in her flippers and has mentioned her admiration for. We have a hair comb, some lipstick, an unknown item off screen, but then a sea pony within the pet store, which I cannot imagine is cheap. A $39.99 dress, a pair of glasses that cost $149.99, some heels that were $300.99, and unknown items off screen that cost I have no idea what that was for. Maybe for the boatmobile that SpongeBob also purchased at the mall. I'm not sure if boatmobiles are that cheap, if they're just $1,200, but that is insane. This is a massive list of items. 
While back at the Krusty Krab and throughout the episode inserted in between SpongeBob's detective shopping spree, Mr. Krabs and Squidward are putting on the decorations for the birthday party. I gotta give credit to Mr. Krabs in one way here. It's one of these cheap moments that turn around and become sweet again. And it's the fact that he has held on to the banner that he put up when Pearl first came home, which was taking an It's a Boy sign, crossing out boy, and just writing girl on the banner. He withheld that since the day she came home. So, in some cheap way now, there is still an element of cheapness here of, well, I can just reuse this. So, inadvertently, he is sweet in a cheap way. He doesn't get the full credit here. It's not like he kept it for sentimental reasons. I mean, he certainly could have, but knowing Mr. Krabs' M.O., he probably only kept it to reuse it at a later date in case he ever needed a banner again because he didn't even remember Pearl's birthday was the next day. So to, to think that he held on to this for sentimental purposes, it's a bit of a stretch, but it's still sweet even though later on Pearl is disgusted by this. I, I do think the idea that it's the same banner that she once came home in or when it was hanging up, I think that's sweet. I think it's sweet to have that up. In the meantime, Squidward has the honor of sculpting Pearl's sculpture at her request, although Mr. Krabs, very cheap, doesn't want to grab an ice sculptor out there and doesn't want to spend money on ice when he has all the Krabby Patties in the world in the back. So he has Squidward making a sculpture of Pearl out of Krabby Patties. And I have to say, it's an impressive piece of work. It's an impressive sculpture from Squidward. SpongeBob should be proud of that. We've seen what SpongeBob can do with Krabby Patties with those life-size replicas of Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy all the way back in season one. But here, here we have Squidward replicating Pearl in meat, in Krabby Patty meat. I understand it's cheap, but in a way, it's impressive. Especially coming from Squidward, I'm impressed with him. I have to give him a hand. At the bottom of Pearl's massive list for this party was a personal appearance of the boy band Boys Who Cry, which opened up the episode. Boys Who Cry, according to Squidward, who's a massive fan of their work, need at least a minimum of a million dollars to even appear, and then you're going to have to spend even more than that to get them to even lip-sync to their song. So, not to really spoil how the ending of this episode is, I can only imagine how much money it must have cost Mr. Krabs to put on what ended up happening. Pearl shows up to the Krusty Krab with all of her friends. We also get an appearance of not only all of the fish from the prom episode, from the chaperone, we have most of those background fish. We also get to see Pearl in that dress that she wore to her prom. So there's a lot of callbacks to a lot of these characters. We certainly don't get any long tan and handsome in this episode, but we do get a meep. It seems like every single high schooler, every single male 
can only speak with Meeps, so we get a nice little appearance there by, I think it's Billy Fitzgerald. Did I write his name down? No, Billy Fishkin. <laughs> we get a Meep. Um, so all of the all of the kids are there. Pearl is there. She sees the banner. There's already a kid cracking a joke about him having to cross out boy and, and write girl on it. There's the disgust of the sculpture of Krabby Patties. There's a popcorn machine with apparently stale popcorn. I do know a few friends out there who prefer stale popcorn over popcorn that is fresh out of the machine. I don't really have an opinion on that. I'm not really sure. But uh, this party is not up to snuff. This is not what Pearl is asking for. SpongeBob warns Mr. Krabs that there is a truck incoming of a delivery of the gift that he purchased. But he has not told Mr. Krabs as to how much he spent or what to expect. Eventually, even as Pearl is distraught, she is just upset. She runs outside, and she's in tears. This was the one day that she needed to go off without a hitch. This was her 16th birthday. Out of nowhere, a truck shows up and delivers a mountain of gifts. Literally, every single gift that Pearl was asking for at the mall. I'm not sure if it was everything on her list, but according to Pearl, she's more than happy with what she's received. And we don't get to see a ton of these gifts open, but the one at the top, the biggest gift, of course, is the reveal of Boys Who Cry, the three-man boy band who sing not only not a lip-synced version of their song, but the custom birthday version of the song that we heard in Pearl's Dream. I am not sure if SpongeBob somehow obtained the the dream recording from Pearl's mind. He has abilities to hop into to people's dreams, so who knows. But SpongeBob certainly was able to convince this band to take at least, I think, one of their original songs, tweak it to add in Pearl's name and make it about her birthday, and that must have cost a fortune. When he eventually does give Mr. Krabs the receipt of the purchases, he's certainly floored, but the love that he's receiving from Pearl is enough to succumb the anger that he has over the expenses. This is where Mr. Krabs does show his heart. Where even after spending all of this money, he has seen the amount and is still able to calm down enough to enjoy the fact that Pearl is enjoying herself. That's a good dad at the end of the day. At the end of the day, Mr. Krabs is a good dad. SpongeBob tells us himself, I'm not really one for, for big, extravagant birthday parties for me. I don't mind throwing someone else a birthday party. I don't mind putting in a ton of effort to show someone I care, but I uh, I grew up certainly loving receiving gifts, seeing friends, but for some reason when I became a teenager, I started seeing birthdays for myself in a little bit more of a pessimistic way, which is really weird because 99.9% .9 of Captain Eric is optimism. But I started seeing it as a forced event. I started seeing these people being forced to purchase me things, and I don't know, there was always something weird about it. And it's ironic because I love being on the other end of that 
opportunity. I love gifting somebody something. I love showing someone. That's my that's my love language. I love showing someone that I put enough care and thought into whatever I made, whatever I bought. Yet when I'm on the receiving end of that, I feel uncomfortable. Depending on the person, depending on the gift, I can find myself out of that uncomfort. But for the most part, as I was growing older, I found myself, uh, you know, uncomfortable at times. I do remember having a birthday party or two at Chuck E. Cheese. It did happen as a young kid. And there was another birthday as a young kid at my childhood home where we were unfortunately using my stepfather's car as a trampoline to slam dunk the basketball through the hoop until we were obviously caught. But the string of birthdays that I remember and look back on the most was from my 16th birthday until about 18 or 19, where for those days that I would throw on a birthday party, I would put it on myself, essentially. I would empty out our garage. I would set up couches and chairs. I would put out a TV, game system, maybe play a movie later on in the night. If the weather permitted, me and my friends would just stay out in the garage on the couches. Of course, there were times where we would have to take it inside, but Either way, there were a few years where the whole point of the party was to just get all of these friends together from different walks of life, have a fun time, and as far as I remember, every single one of those birthdays went off without a hitch. Of course, maybe a broken window here or there, but those were great birthdays. One birthday that was memorable was my 21st birthday, not because of being 21, being allowed to drink, being in a casino, but the drive home from that casino in Connecticut was through the October storm of 2011. And what usually takes maybe a 45-minute drive to an hour from the casino to our home at the time, me and two of my friends drove through three to four hours of snow And when we finally arrived in town, we're witnessed to the transformer somewhere around town exploding and all of the lights all around us just dying. But because of the snow and the stars, there was enough light to still see everything that that was in front of us. It was an experience to be found and it made an already memorable birthday even more memorable. So at this point in my life, I don't really get caught up in my own birthday. Unfortunately, even my 30th birthday happened during the pandemic, so I wasn't really able to celebrate that in a in a way that I would have wanted. But at my age and these days, I genuinely get more excited about the birthdays and the celebrations of those around me and would rather shine a spotlight on everybody else for a change. I am not a Mr. Krabs. I cannot wait to have a kid to be able to throw them the best birthday parties ever, to throw them the best extravaganzas, and to not be cheap with their gifts. What about you? Do you have any sort of birthday experiences out there that you remember fondly? Do you have any gifts that were either shocking or were just the greatest ever? Do you have a gift that you asked for that you never received? Maybe it was too outlandish, like asking for a a pony, but I would like to hear from you guys. If you are watching this on YouTube.com, you can 
find the Captain Eric YouTube channel either in the podcast description below or go to youtube.com slash at the Captain Eric and let me know in the comments below this episode. Thank you for joining me and genuinely, if you happen to be celebrating your birthday at any point in time that you're listening to this episode, happy birthday from Captain Eric. It's a pleasure to have you here aboard during this time. Thank you for joining me. If you would like to follow Captain Eric on social media, you can do so on Twitter at I'm Ready Podcast and on Instagram at SpongeBob Podcast. You can also write into the show at SpongePod Podcast. That's P O D P O D C A S T Pod Podcast. SpongePod Podcast at gmail.com. You can write in with any sort of comments, questions, suggestions, anecdotes for the show. I'll read them out here, give you a shout out. Even if you have some sort of SpongeBob related art you would like anybody to, to go and check out, I have no problem giving you a shout out. I, I do it as many times as I can on my social media, and I would love to do it through the show here as well. If you can please go and subscribe to the Captain Eric YouTube channel, it's the best way you can show your support to the captain. But if you'd like to go the extra mile to show your support, you can click on that Redbubble link in the podcast description below. There you'll find Captain Eric logos and more art that I'll be updating that you can put on a multitude of different products from stickers to t-shirts to hats, whatever you would like. Anything that comes in from my projects go directly back into my projects and it is always appreciated. As always, everybody, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I am blessed to have anybody out there who is willing to listen and talk about SpongeBob, to talk about Nickelodeon, to talk about anything that the captain is into. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you. As always, please stay safe, be kind to one another, and come aboard again to another episode of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. Hit it, boys! It's all about you, girl, on the 16th birthday. Pay attention to you, girl, everyone has to do just what you say. You got your very own spotlight tonight, cause it's all about you. Yeah, it's all about her. Boy, how much is all this costing me? Here's the receipt. I order. Oh, Daddy, you got me everything I wanted. <laughs> oh, nothing's too good for me, daughter. <laughs> You're a good dad, Mr. Krabs. Don't push your luck, boy.